0: Fellow Falcoholics, what is up? Welcome to another episode of the Falcoholic Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Knight, at Falcoholic Kevin on the Twitters. The time that many of you have all been waiting for is finally here. I am conducting the first Falcons 2023 mock draft of the season. I know people have been waiting with bated breath for the first mock draft, I promised, The next game that the Falcons lost, I would deliver the mock draft to you. And we have arrived at that destination. It's time for the first mock draft. Now, some things first, right? Uh, Everyone keep in mind, this is extremely early. I haven't watched many of these players in great detail. Uh, I definitely am giving a shout out to the draft network here. They have scouted many of these guys. They've done a terrific job setting up a big board that I am using. So the rankings and sort of the the idea of where these guys will be available, it's all based on the Draft Network's rankings. Um, so shout out to those guys. As always, they do a terrific job. Um, many of these players I have watched live. I have not done detailed scouting breakdowns on any of them. So this is just sort of my my general vibe from watching them and, and reading scouting reports and, and sort of the general consensus from the folks over at the draft network. So uh I will have full reports on probably all of the guys we're gonna talk about today, um, coming, you know, after the season ends and, and that and I'll see a lot of these guys at the senior bowl, of course, as well. Um, but for now, early information and on that note, this is gonna be a four-round mock draft because I honestly can't couldn't tell you about most of the seventh six seventh round picks at this point um the Falcons currently don't have a fifth round pick if they did I probably would have included that but they do have two fourths so we're going to go through the fourth round which would mean this is going to be a total of five picks today for the Falcons um so plenty to talk about plenty to get to but yeah I I'm not going to lie to you and pretend that I've scouted a bunch of you know late round picks so far in the process I have not um so we're going to stick to the guys that I've at least seen live and and know something about um and go through the first four rounds of this mock draft with the Falcons currently picking 15th uh, in the draft order. This could go either way, right? Um, Depending on how they finish the season, if the Falcons lose a bunch of games, they'll be picking in the top 10. They're right on the cusp of that right now. Um, Because of their low strength of schedule, the Falcons will probably be picking at, at or near the top of the cluster of teams that have the same record as them they do have I think right now the lowest or or very close to the lowest strength of schedule in the NFL that may change slightly over the remainder of the season but it probably won't change drastically so that is something of course to continue to monitor but um, if the Falcons were to finish with five wins they'd probably be picking within the top six I don't think they're going to finish with five wins I think they're probably going to end up with seven and that'll probably put them close to where they were last year which was eighth ninth tenth Um, And again, the strength of schedule helps them a lot in that calculation, but we'll have to see how things go and and how a lot of these teams ahead of them end up performing. Uh, So it's all up in the air. And that's part of the reason that, you know, this doing these mock drafts in season is is sort of a crapshoot, but it's fun. And it helps educate you guys about some of the draft prospects, some of my thoughts on on how the offseason might go, the type of players the team might be interested in. So I think it's a win-win. I enjoy doing them. And as promised, we are doing one now. With the Falcons sitting at five and seven doesn't mean that I'm moving on and, and think they have no chance to make the playoffs or anything like that. But I think uh, starting draft season, what is this, a day, recording this on Tuesday, the November 29th. So a day before December, that's all I could have asked from this team, honestly, was to try to hold off the draft takes till December. And to their credit, they have done that. So good on the Falcons for, for staying relevant this long. And technically, they are still relevant, uh, at least through one more week. So. Let's go ahead and get started. Like I said, I'm using the draft network's board here uh, to make these picks, and uh, we'll go through. Uh, It's going to be five picks, like I said, for the Falcons here in the 2023 NFL draft. Now, starting things off, we haven't seen free agency yet, so we are obviously operating under the assumption right now that the Falcons haven't necessarily added anything specific. So I'm going off of what the needs look like heading into the 2023 offseason. Some of these needs will be addressed in free agency, um, but I think... Based on my study of the free agent market, I think these are more likely to be the positions, particularly near the top of the draft, that they're not going to be able to address fully with free agent signings, even significant ones. Um, So that's baked into this equation, too. But uh, without further ado, let's get started. Round one, pick 15 for Atlanta. And, of course, if you would like to see the write-up of this draft— it will be coming out on Wednesday on thefalcoholic.com, so you can check that out too. And always, guys, we appreciate everyone for liking and subscribing. If you're watching on YouTube, leave us a five-star review on podcast platforms if you're enjoying the audio version as well. Uh, check out the Patreon if you want to support us on a monthly basis, uh, patreon.com slash live. On that note, big shout-out to Kevin Dog and Brandon Brass uh returning as the Falcoholic tier subscribers uh really really appreciate you guys I know uh they were uh had to to step away from for for a bit uh and they have returned and we are so happy to have you guys back uh some of the OG uh supporters on Patreon so thank you guys so much we really do appreciate you all right enough talk now with the picks so at pick 15 uh there's a wide range of who could be available here right and in the past i've talked about offensive tackle a lot i think defensive tackle and edge have to be in consideration i think one of the dark horse picks could be like a corner um if if their top choices are all gone but to me i think the clear choice here um if the board were to fall like this, which is that I don't expect Will Anderson to be there. Obviously, Jalen Carter won't be there. And I would I think that Miles Murphy and Brian Brzee from Clemson will both be gone as as well as Tyree Wilson, the edge rusher from Texas Tech, who seems to be sort of positioning himself as like potentially a top 10 pick. I'm still thinking he'll probably be like going just in front of the Falcons as like the 4th or 5th defensive lineman off the board. But that's sort of who I'm assuming is gone. Probably a few offensive tackles gone as well. Um, along with the top quarterbacks and probably a receiver or two. So with all that in mind, Falcons are probably picking between guys like maybe Broderick Jones from Georgia. The offensive tackle. Peter Skaronski, the versatile offensive lineman from Northwestern. Uh, possibly some corners like Christian Gonzalez uh, could be there still. Uh... I know everyone's a big fan. There's been a lot of fans of Trenton Simpson, the linebacker from Clemson. Uh, But where I want to go with this is none of the guys that I mentioned um, and a guy that I think has really impressed this year has really capped off his college career in a, in a strong way, which is Notre Dame edge rusher, Isaiah Foskey sort of always been, I think a, a first round guy. I think now clearly a top 20 player after his senior season Um he just recently broke Justin Tuck's all-time sack record at Notre Dame with 25 in his career, which is, of course, really impressive. Uh, and this year is his now second year in a row with more than 10 sacks. He has 10 and a half this year. He had 10 last year. Uh, Foskey is is the real deal. This is a, a top— Level edge rusher. I I don't know that he's on the same plane as like a Will Anderson, where he's like a slam dunk top five pick type of guy, but I I do think he's absolutely a first round caliber edge rusher, the type of talent the Falcons really need in that group. Um, Really good NFL frame, right? I think he's listed at 6'5, like 260 ish. Um, tremendous athlete on tape, has the bend, has the speed, the explosiveness to really threaten the edge. And what I really liked when I've seen him on TV is that he's really versatile. Um, he this is a guy that moves around a lot, plays on the edge, blitzes through the A gap, and and sets the edge as as an outside linebacker really well in run defenses as well. He's physical, he's strong. There's not really a lot of issues that I have with his game. I think, you know, with with most college pass rushers, I think the hand usage can be better. Um, I like him more as a stand-up run defender than, than a, uh, like a hand in the dirt edge. I, I think that getting him on the outside as a contained player is probably going to be better for him than making him a hand in the dirt edge, but that's how the Falcons generally deploy their edge rushers, So he's a good fit here. Um, and I, I really don't have a lot of issues with this game. I think at pick 15, the Falcons sort of benefit from this being a really deep defensive line class where there's probably going to be four or five. Defensive linemen go ahead of pick 15, but there's still a really good one left in Isaiah Foskey. I think that's this is an ideal spot to take him. I think it's a perfect fit and look, the Falcons have added a lot to that room. They they have Arnold Ebicady, who will hope is not dealing with a long-term injury here, but Ebakati has really started to come on. I think we we have a good number 2 just good pass rusher in Ebicady, someone that we can depend on going forward. I like what we've seen from D'Angelo Malone so far. He's going to probably get some more reps if Ebicady has to miss time, but I think he's flashed when he's gotten the opportunity. And then they have Lorenzo Carter under contract for another season as well, I believe. Um, it might be a void year. I don't Don't quote me on that, but they could easily bring back Carter if they want him for another year if he's not under contract. So those three, I think, form a really good group of edge rushers, but you're missing that top guy. And that's what Isaiah Foskey brings you. And I think the best way to do that is to draft a guy, because I I don't think there's going to be a great crop of edge rushers in free agency. There rarely is. And the ones that do tend to be overrated, you know, Dante Fowler type guys, right? I would much rather sign maybe another good veteran edge rusher. That's not somebody you're necessarily paying 15 million a year to maybe like a seven, 8 million a year guy, That can be a consistent player, help bolster that group, and then you add another high-end rookie like an Isaiah Foskey in there, someone you think could possibly be your true number one elite guy going forward, I think that's the best way to do it. That's not going to strap you financially long-term, and like I said, I've looked at the projected edge class. It's just not very exciting. I think it, the, the interior class is a lot better. And I think that's where I prefer the Falcons spend their cap space is getting an interior guy or two in free agency and drafting the edge guy. Um, so that's pick 15 for me. Uh, Isaiah Foskey from Notre Dame really like that fit and and that value at pick 15. So now we're going on to round two. Uh, it'll be pick 46. And this is a guy that you've heard me talk about a lot on the show because I love his name. I love his game. Uh He is center John Michael Schmitz from Minnesota, perhaps the most offensive line name that I've ever seen in my life. So there's just no possible way that this man, you know, much like Creed Humphrey, when you, when you hear a name like that, you know, this is going to be a good offensive lineman. And, um, Michael Schmitz is, is a actually really good offensive lineman. In addition to the name, um, I like him a lot for this scheme. Um, and he's sort of an interesting fit here. First of all, he's a big center. He's 6'4, 320 centers a lot of times end up being the guys that are smaller right um or lighter he's neither he's a big center at 6'4 320 that does give him guard flexibility as well which is always a plus he hasn't played a lot of guard i don't think but the size certainly makes that an option um and at that size he is what you'd expect right A, a very powerful dominant run blocking center um which seems like that's the Falcons' identity right now. He's exceptional in that area. What he also has is a ton of experience. He has 23 starts at center, 44 total games played, um, and he's got a terrific anchor. Uh, As a big center, he's... Going to be better equipped to take on those nose tackles, um, and I, I like what I've seen there. I think he's someone that that doesn't get moved off his spot a lot, and he's just really experienced. The protection calls seem to be on point. I mean, it's another thing entirely when you have to go up against NFL blitz concepts and all this stuff. But playing at Minnesota, he's going up against some good defenses, and I think that um, he's he's shown that he's capable of of making those calls at a high level and has plenty of experience. Um, the thing with Schmitz and the thing that may make this, you know, questionable for the Falcons is that I don't think he's a high-end athlete. I think he's above average. I think he can certainly execute any of the concepts that the Falcons run, but he's not gonna be on the level of a dolman that's gonna be sprinting out in space to hit these these really far second level reach blocks. I think he can hit blocks like that. I think he can execute a wide zone just fine, but I don't think he's gonna be a plus plus athlete at center. So if that's something that the Falcons really need, then maybe that he wouldn't be a fit there. But I, from what I've seen this year, the Falcons are still sort of doing the outside zone as their bread and butter, uh, but they've incorporated a lot more inside zone and a lot more power to their playbook. And I think if you're going to do that, I think you, you sacrifice a little bit of that athleticism from your center for the plus ability as a power blocker and of course the benefit of being a much more stout pass protector, being able to anchor against those stronger interior guys that have given your lighter centers like Matt Hennessy and, and Drew Dahlman fits. I I think I like the idea of a John Michael Schmitz better for this offense than I than I do the smaller centers because of all the things I said, right? They're playing more inside zone. They're executing more power and he's athletic enough to do the outside zone stuff. Um, It really just depends on on what they're looking for, but, for much the same way that I'm targeting edge early because I don't think the free agent class is great the free agent center class is a disaster like I don't think there's really any free agent centers that I would want to sign so if you want to get an upgrade at center a significant one without a trade or hoping someone gets cut which of course could always happen I think you go for the top center in the draft and that to me is John Michael Schmitz um there is another center to consider if Schmitz was to go before this pick because again I think he is the best center so um, we've seen several years where the centers don't go until the second round, but some years we do see them go earlier. Um, like Creed Humphrey, I think was the best center in his class. He didn't end up going until pick 63. So it's, po- it's very possible that he could be there, but if he's not another center, uh, to consider would be like Cedric Van, Van Pran from Georgia, who I'm sure Georgia fans are, are very familiar with. Again, another bigger center, six four three ten. I think the, the arm length like is a little bit concerning with, with Van Pran, but he's also a much He is a plus-plus athlete, so that could be the flavor that the Falcons prefer if they want that really plus-plus athlete that's still big. Um, You know, I think Van Praen could also be another name to consider there, but that's sort of the sweet spot in this draft. I think if they want a top center, I think they can get one at pick 46, and that's what I would circle, in my opinion, because I, I think that's the weak point on the offensive line right now. We'll see what happens at right tackle. Um you know, I they could re-sign Caleb McGarry, but I, even if they don't, I think the offensive tackle class in free agency is is much much better than the interior class. I think they can find someone there, whether it's like a, a Jawan Taylor or going for um what's his name from the Browns, the former Titan. I'm drawing a blank on his name, but I'm sure you guys remember him. Um, so they have some options there. Some of those guys will get re-signed, but some will hit free agency. And if all else fails, you know maybe you just re-sign McGarry for a few years. The thing with McGarry is that he's 28, so like he's he's not like it's not like re-signing him to a second contract is really you know it's not a youth movement there where it's like oh our 25-year-old right tackle is coming up. McGarry is going to be 28, um, so it's not like you're really you know his his clock is is ticking like he's already at the age where a lot of guys would be considering like a third contract. So. Um, I don't feel strongly about keeping him. I also don't think he's been a massive liability there. And clearly his run blocking has really improved and become a lot more consistent. So we'll see what happens there. But I I think center is the one piece that they have to get a big improvement. And I think they can do that with a guy like John Michael Schmitz. So that's, that's my second round pick to kick off this, uh, 2023 mock draft going on to the third round here. One second while I doing a lot of talking here. Give me, give me a second. Ah, fresh coffee. All right, been been diving into the the draft takes, so you know I need some hydration. Um, round three, Falcons currently picking seventy eight. Um, and this is another trench pick, big surprise, right? Um, this is a guy that has really risen up draft boards, a guy that I really like. Um, who I think could be here, could also go a lot earlier if he has a great sort of all star senior bowl circuit plus a good combine, which I think he could have based on what we've seen. And this is maybe not a name that a lot of people have heard, unless you've been really into the draft. It's uh, Keanu Benton, the defensive tackle from Wisconsin, a nose tackle prospect. Uh, a little bit, he's listed sort of small for a nose tackle. He's listed 6'4", that's not small, but 317. I, I don't think he's 317. I think this man is playing at like 325, 330 easily. But part of the reason you could believe it is he carries the weight super well. This is a guy that is actually pretty explosive off the snap, terrific length, and really, really productive. Um, Like, I was shocked when I looked at his stats. Uh, Ten tackles for loss and four and a half sacks this season. And this isn't the first year he's had that kind of production either. This is his best year. He's having a career year. But last year he was productive as well. I think he had like six or seven tackles for loss and several sacks. So as a nose tackle, that's tremendous. Um... I, I think he's also able to to move around a bit, um, and I just really like his game, and it's not just because he's named Keanu, okay? Like, Falcons, I think, have had good luck drafting guys named Keanu, but in the third round, I, I think you can get a top nose tackle, and I, I, while there are some options in free agency that I like, like Dalvin Tomlinson, I think... The draft is a good place to get nose tackles. They frequently good ones fall into day two, into even the later parts of day two. This is a good nose tackle class. There's several guys that I think are quality and that could lead to someone like a late riser like Keanu Benton sort of falling into the third round and being available there because guys like Siaki Ika from Baylor, who's probably gonna be the top nose tackle. There's also guys like uh, the the nose tackle from Michigan. I think Mozzie Smith, I think is his name. Um, you know, another quality guy there. Uh, and you got guys like Gervon Dexter senior, uh, from Florida, who's going to be a a high pick, you know, so there's a number of good nose tackles. And I think this is the sweet spot to get the one you want. Um, and I love Benton. I I think this is a guy that's going to definitely right now. I don't think he's in this day two conversation. I think he will be by the time the senior bowl and the combine are done, because I think this is a good athlete who's got great length, good size. Um, And as we've seen with the Falcons, they don't necessarily want the mammoth nose tackle. They moved on from Anthony rush, who was that big 350 pound nose tackle to go to a guy like Abdullah Anderson who's closer to you know, he is he has the length. I think he's like six four, but he's closer to that three ten range. I think Benton has the better the better weight, the better length, and the much better athleticism to give you a big boost over Abdullah Anderson, who, to his credit, I think has been a quality rotational player. But you want to upgrade that starter and make Abdullah Anderson your sort of reserve guy. And I think you're starting to get that. And if you add another guy like a Daron Payne into the mix, then you've got Benton and Grady Jarrett and Daron Payne as your starting three with Isaiah Foskey on your other edge with, you know, Katie and Malone and, and Carter as your rotational guys. like, all of a sudden, this is a completely different defensive line that looks a lot better a lot more athletic a lot higher upside um and so I love this fit I think uh this is a a good path for them to really reshape that defensive line with two picks here in the top 100 um next pick uh defense again you might be noticing a defensive theme in this draft uh is definitely the case Uh, they're picking at 114. That's going to be their first of two fourth round picks. They have their own pick. They also have a pick from the Titans in the Julio Jones trade still. So that one is here, uh, as well. This will be the Falcons pick. Um, and it's a linebacker, uh, linebacker Muhammad. I don't know how to say the last name for sure. I think it's Diabate, but you know, correct me, please. Utah fans. Uh, if you, if you know the correct pronunciation, um, And linebacker is a tricky spot because the Falcons did invest a big pick in Troy Anderson. So you have to think he's sort of the nominal starter or the one who's expected to start. I think he will. The other spot, you know, who knows? Michael Walker's still under contract. So you obviously have that. I think it would be really easy to re-sign Rashawn Evans. And I'd probably do that just to be safe. Maybe the team goes out and tries to add a premium linebacker to play there in free agency. We'll see. But I think... I love day three, especially early day three linebackers because these guys routinely hit and become starters and good players. It's just one of those positions where you have a lot, you have a lot higher chance of finding a big contributor at this point in the draft, as opposed to like edge, um, you know, even defensive tackles, stuff like that. Like I think linebacker is one of those spots where you routinely get contributors late. Um, and Diabate is just a guy that really checks the boxes of what the Falcons like in their linebackers. Uh, good size, right? 6'3", lonely listed at 221. He, he looks a little bigger than that to me. Like, I, I think he could be playing at 225, but he'll need to get the weight up for the NFL. I think maybe 230 is probably about where you'd expect him. So lighter linebacker, but very physical, very reliable run defender. Um, And he, he's got great length and that's helped him really do some, some, have the traits, I guess I would say, to be a good stack and shed guy. I don't know that the hand usage is great yet, but he's got the length for it. And really he adds that dimension that the Falcons don't really have right now. They don't really have any linebackers that are good at taking on blockers and clogging up the run. And I think he can do that even though he's a little bit lighter. He is a very good athlete. He's got good range. Um, and much like Michael Walker and some of these other guys, really dangerous blitzer who has a history playing on the edge. Um, And I think that uh, he used to be at Florida where he started his career as an edge rusher. Um, He's just a really, you can tell he's talented as a pass rusher too. So he really checks all the boxes. This team loves to send their linebackers in pressure situations. Diabate can line up on the edge in some packages. He's got that length to threaten and play contain on the outside. And I think his range is, is really good for coverage. I think as a man coverage guy, he's better right now. Um... You know, I think he's got some developing to do there. It's not great um, in terms of zone, but, you know, he'd fit right in with the Falcons, right? <laughs> but um, I, I, he's been effective as a pass rusher. He's been an effective run defender. I like that fit. I like that price in the fourth round for a guy who I think can potentially be a starter for you. But if not, just a quality rotational guy. And that's something that the Falcons still need there need to keep building that depth because Michael Walker, you know, could be here in 2024 or could be gone. So adding another young player there to give you some options, I think, is smart. Um, because if the Falcons spend all this cap space, they're not going to necessarily be flush every year to keep, you know, re-signing the guys they want um, willy-nilly. So they, they, they might have to be a little bit discerning at linebacker and figure out if Michael Walker's worth an extension or not. Um, and I think having the flexibility of someone like Diabate... Um, I like that fit, and I like that price tag too in the fourth round. If he ends up going there, he may he may go a little bit higher than this. You know, we'll see. I think um, I think he was just inside the top one hundred according to, to Draft Network. So at one fourteen, it's a little bit late, but again, linebackers do tend to fall. Um, so you know, we'll see. I think this is a round where he could go. He could go earlier, but if he's there, I, I like the fit a lot. Um, all right, final pick we're gonna make today, uh, round four, pick one twenty four. Uh, another defensive player, uh, but not the t- not the trenches, not the front seven. This one is going to be a safety, safety Quindell Johnson from Memphis. Going back to my AAC, you know, roots here as a UCF fan. Got to take some AAC guys before the jump to the Big Twelve. Um, I just really like Quindell Johnson. He's been an effective player. He's a guy who pops and uh, productive, consistently productive, ball hawk. Uh, and what stands out to me about Johnson is that this is a guy that that clearly fits what Atlanta likes. Super versatile safety lines up everywhere. Can play man coverage. Can play in the slot. Can play any safety spot. Can play in the box. Got that versatile size profile. Six one, almost two hundred. Um, and what he brings that I think the other safeties in Atlanta don't have, because I like the duo of, of, Grant and Hawkins. I think that's a potentially a group that you build around, you know, maybe we could see the Falcons go and sign a big time safety, like a Jesse Bates to just inject that like star power in there. But e- either way, I think adding someone like a, a Quindell, uh, Johnson, to this group, super versatile, and he's just a physical guy, too. Like, really physical, reliable tackler when he's playing in the box. That's something the Falcons have struggled with from the safety position so far. Because Richie Grant brings the physicality, but his tackling technique, let's be honest, leaving some stuff to be desired, and I hope he can get that cleaned up. But I think adding a more physical run-defending safety, who also offers you all the things that that you know that Dean Pease likes, um, you know, he can blitz. He can play all over the place. This is just a, another guy that really fits what Atlanta loves with their versatile, interchangeable safety room. I think he has starting upside in the NFL. We'll have to see, you know, the jump in competition. He's he's crushed it in the AAC. Uh, 10 interceptions, 24 pass deflections in his career. Uh, so we'll, we'll see. You know, I, I do think that there's certainly room. Even if the Falcons were to sign like a Jesse Bates, I think there's certainly room here for a young safety like a Quindell Johnson to sort of round out the group because DeMarleau was okay, right? The Falcons ended up trading him for a pick, so that's nice. Eric Harris, the health has been an issue this year. He's had trouble staying on the field, and, you know, we know what we've got there. He's a reliable reserve, but not really much upside, and I think that Johnson offers a lot more potential there. So, um, like that pick, like that value, and uh, I think he, he's, he fills another need for this team going forward. So... Those are all the picks I'm making today, guys. Falcons don't have a 5th round pick. They do have a 6th, and they will have two round picks, I believe, from various trades and other things. So, a couple more picks they would be making late on Day 3. We're going to save those for when I have some actual things to know about Day 3, like after the Senior Bowl. Probably when I've actually gotten to see a lot of these guys. My early work is going to be more focused on these top guys, getting my, my feet sort of settled. Um especially with the defensive line, which is my favorite and my, my sort of specialty where I actually feel like I have a lot to add to the conversation on those guys. I'm, I'm working on the other stuff, sort of working my way back, especially on defense. But um, yeah, that's, that's it for the mock draft. So to do a quick recap here, uh, first round pick 15 Falcons Stoke edge Isaiah Foskey from Notre Dame in the, in the second round uh, pick 46 center, John Michael Schmitz from Minnesota Third round, pick 78. Defensive tackle Keanu Benton from Wisconsin. Round 4, pick 114. Linebacker Mohamed Diabate from Utah. And finally, in round 4, pick 124. Safety Quindell Johnson from Memphis. So, that's my first mock draft. Uh, I always tend to nail one pick in my first mock draft. This is generally happen a lot of years that one of the guys that i I do in my first ends up on the falcons not necessarily in the same slot in fact never in the same slot but uh frequently the second round pick ends up being someone they end up taking at some point in the draft so um i do think these are all guys that have a good chance of, of ending up in atlanta i think they fit but we still have to see what happens in free agency and we've got to see you know what happens with with quarterback too because things could change drastically if the Falcons go, like we've, we've talked a lot and somewhat joked about a Lamar Jackson trade, but if they go that route, they won't have a first round pick. Things would be very different. So um, we'll just to see how it shakes out, but this is just an early sort of preview of what we could see potentially um going forward, right? So I'm excited. Uh, draft season is inching closer. Falcons still very much in it, but fun to, to get a little bit of a preview. And again, the draft pick even where they're picking could change drastically or it could be right here when the dust clears. So again, guys, thanks so much for listening to the falconhawk podcast for watching. If you're on YouTube again, uh, like it, subscribe. If you're on YouTube, we're very close to 5,000 subscribers. I think we're at like 4,999. So, um, you know, help us get over the edge there. Well, we're definitely going to do a shout out for the 5,000 subscribers. Some, and we got some fun stuff coming, including a Patreon Q and a, which I believe will be next week. I'll keep you guys posted on that. Um, leave us a five star review if you're listening on audio. Uh, and again, Patreon, if you're interested in taking part in that Q and a, or getting some of our other exclusive perks, including ad free early access to all these podcast episodes, uh, that is patreon.com slash live Live. Uh, once again, guys, I'm Kevin Knight at Falcoholic. Kevin. Check out all of our terrific written coverage of the Falcons on the site, thefalcoholic.com. And we will be back on Wednesday night for the next episode of Falcoholic Live on YouTube at 8 p.m. Eastern. We'll see you there, folks. Have a great day.